0: Merry Christmas, everybody. Good to have you here. Good to have you guys online with us. Really good. Uh, I I don't know. I'm just looking around. It's flannel day, isn't it? I mean, I saw so many people in flannel. It's like, you know, I'm done wearing my bear stuff, uh, so it's time to pull out the flannel. I, yeah, it's right, I get it. Before I get started, let me give you a quick preview of uh, what's headed into January, okay? I mean, we do think ahead around here. And when we get back from Christmas, I'm gonna begin uh, a message series called, Jesus, Who Is This Man? Shocking, we're gonna talk about Jesus. Um, and and there's, that's the graphic, but we're gonna dig into the life of Jesus all the way through 2023. I'm not gonna preach all the way through 2023 on it. But we're going to use a resource um, that has been done by a good friend of mine and the best New Testament scholar I know, Mark Moore, also a teaching pastor on a church. So he's not just a scholar, he knows how to communicate it. And he's uh, out at CCV where some of you snowbirds go when you go to Phoenix out there. Um, Anyway, he goes through the first four books of the New Testament and he developed this thing called Quest 52. And we're going to get these. Um, I've got them for sale for you out there today. That's why I'm, I'm telling you about it now, because no matter what society agrees or disagrees on, especially when it comes to religious things. We can all agree that Jesus changed the world. And if we could all be more like Jesus, we could change the world also. And the world would be a better place. So we're going to do this. We're, it's, a, it's a devotional guide for you to go all the way through the year. And, and we're going to be selling them at all of our campuses today, cheaper than you can get them anywhere else on Amazon. Of course, if you're a Kindle person like me, you can download it on there. And that's all great. And, and so after we get back from Christmas break, we're going we're gonna to begin reading, uh, through this together. So like new year's resolution, if it's to read the Bible, don't do it until January 8th. Okay. Don't read the Bible. <laughs> first... I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But like, that's when we're going to kick into this and I'm going to preach through it for several weeks. And, and Tata is, and we're going to have a blast as we do this. Okay. I, I promise you getting to know Jesus better in 2023 is a great new year's resolution. All right. Um, and, and so they're available for you now. I also just want to talk about, uh, money, okay, and giving as we get to the year end. I mean, I had we had a little windfall of some unexpected money come in this week, and, um, you know, I was like, oh, let's find somebody that needs it because, you know, it's the Christmas season. And then I started thinking, well, you know what? Um, I Maybe we should give it to the church, you know, because because that's really, I mean, I know that I'd, I'd love to be able to help somebody directly, somebody that I know, and we do that. We've already done that this year, and you have too, but the church is where God gave us the ability to steward the things that, that come in so that we can do things together. And the impact that we have together in our generosity is really important. And I'm just bringing this up because if that was my first thought, was to not give it to the church, and I'm the senior pastor, then maybe that's your first thought Sometimes you know it's like, well, I'll give it to the Red Cross, or I'll, you know, I'll do this, or I'll do that. Well, wait a minute. With, with the with the church, we are starting brand new churches around the world with the partners that we're that we're using. We respond to disasters together, like the hurricanes, like the truckload of supplies you guys sent to Florida recently. We feed and clothe the homeless in Chicago. We financially support missionaries around the world. We support a safe house uh, for girls that have been sexually exploited. We provide clean water for. People people in Africa. We provide counseling and resources for young pregnant moms that need help. We feed families through the local food banks, as you well know. And that's just a small snapshot of how your giving is making a difference in our community. That's not the most important part. The more important part is that we've seen 700 people make a decision to follow Jesus in baptism this year. Isn't that incredible? 700, all right? We've had... We've had 1,200 new people sign up for community groups in, in, in this last year. We've had hundreds and hundreds of kids and students receive encouragement and connection to Jesus because of this church and, and what we do. So where else am I going to go and get that kind of return of an, of kingdom investment? I mean, Yeah, I'm still going to put money in the Salvation Army thing with the bell ringers. I'm still going to do all those things. Um, but my heart and my giving is here. And if you want to join us, you can text GIVE to 65649, or let us know if you've got questions. We'd love to help you. All right, totally unrelated, and then I'll get started. Um, Just a great moment in sports this week, and no, it was not the halftime of the game last night interview with Nick Saban, but it was. the. uh, You're welcome, right? Um, uh, Sorry, Joe Mazzula is the head coach of the Boston Celtics, and the royal family visited a game, and he had this reaction priceless. Um, A non-basketball question. Did you get a chance to meet with the royal family and if not how was it like having them there in the building? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? (laughs) The prince and princess of Wales. Oh no I did not. I'm only familiar with one royal family. I don't know too much about that one. Thank Thank you but I'm glad they're hopefully they're Celtic fans. Thank you. No disrespect, no disrespect, but Joe for president. That's all I got to say, all right? So let me explain what we're doing. The untold story is the backstory of what's gone on at Christmas time. If we're going to have an accurate idea of Christmas, it's important to understand that there's a spiritual war going on, there's a conflict with a hero and a villain, and Jesus came to defeat evil. It's important that you know that. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, I have come to destroy the work of the devil. Literally his words. He didn't say I came to be a baby in a manger so you guys could, you know, have eggnog. I didn't come to be a good moral teacher. I didn't even come to bring inner peace and healing. I came for battle. And when we think of the Christmas story, most of us think we kind of have it figured out. I mean, not everybody does. I love the story from Kids Church where the, the teacher was like, well, does anybody know what Jesus' baby Jesus' daddy's name was? And one little kid said, raised his hand and he said, Virge. The teacher was like, Virge, where'd you get that? And he said, you know, they're always talking about Virgin Mary, Virgin Mary. <laughs> Probably was in the South. Virgin Mary. I don't know. Most of us think we know the story, and it starts in Bethlehem, and it ends with the wise men, but there's a bigger story that, that's going on. I've shown this picture, I've used this illustration before, but when our daughter was at Wheaton College, she did six-month residency in Bolivia at a, at a home for girls that were rescued off the streets. She was doing a psychology undergrad, and uh, this was just an important mission for her. And, and so that year, um, we planned on going down there in November And um, it was just a good time for us to go. And it was right around Thanksgiving. And obviously, you know, Bolivians do not celebrate Thanksgiving. But the the girls had never had turkey. You know, they'd never seen a Thanksgiving meal. So Denise and I went to a lot of trouble to put, uh, I mean, we literally put cans of stuff that we knew we couldn't get down there in our suitcases and took it down and had a Thanksgiving meal for these girls that were rescued. Um, You know from horrible situations and anyway while we were there and and I I bought a four-legged turkey I'm not kidding you. I started pulling it apart two wings and four legs and the girl said well, you know They raised the the turkeys out by the cocaine fields, so that's all I can explain it You know that's that's it. Okay, but anyway while we were on the while we were on can you see that guy running? I'm I'm sorry (laughs) um we, uh, we went to see the statue, okay? So Cochabamba has a statue like Rio does. There's a picture of it here. Um, you know, the, the big, giant, 130-foot Jesus, right? And, and so you got to go out. It's one of the things that you want to see if you go to a place like that. And so Denise and Lauren and I are standing in front of this 130 foot tall Jesus statue, and I'm trying to use my phone, you know, and I'm trying to to just get the right background and and, and angle it right so that we can get the three of us and the statue. And this girl walks up and offers to take the picture. And we said, sure. So here it is. (laughs) There's Jesus back there. I put an arrow on there so you could make sure you got it, right, okay? Great. Thank you. This is how I feel about Christmas, right? Uh, a lot of times we're, we're really missing the point. We're missing out on the story of Jesus because we don't really understand what the whole thing is all about. And if you understand the whole thing, you'll realize that the Christmas story did not start in Bethlehem. It really began when the Almighty God said, let us make man in our own image, which is way back in Genesis, So the Creator makes Adam and Eve, and at first the Creator and the creatures were very close. They were naked and unashamed. They were together. They walked and talked together all the time. They were were in perfect relationship. They were totally, if you will, with each other. Okay. The key word today is with. Um, It took me forever, took us forever, when we moved to Chicago to figure out why you guys say, do you wanna go with? You know you do that, right? You wanna go with? And, and you know what English teachers call that? It's called a, a dangling preposition, okay? Because there should be a pronoun that follows, do you wanna go with? Like is it, do you wanna go with me? Or, or do you wanna go with them? But, but the people in Chicago, and you don't realize this, but you're the only people in the world that talk like this, okay? <laughs> Hey, do you want to go with? i mean, why can't you just finish the sentence? But, but, but we're going to do a dangling preposition sermon today, and I want to ask you this question. Do you want to be with? Okay? In the beginning, God and man were with in Eden. Okay? And Adam and Eve were, were dumb, and they listened to the serpent, and they ate the one, they did the one thing they weren't supposed to do and created without. Okay? Simplifying the story. Now they're not with anymore, we're without. And ever since that break, God has been trying to reestablish the closeness of Eden with each and every human heart. So if you felt a tug to show up at church today, or you felt a tug to start thinking about Christmas Eve services and who you're going to invite, or you felt a tug to turn us on online today, it was somewhere in your heart. That, that's a tug from God wanting to be with you. Do you ever want it? Did you, did you ever have a situation, maybe you're in one now, where you really wanted to be with someone and they didn't necessarily want to be with you? No, you're all just dead sexy out there. <laughs> dead sexy. Is that right? Okay. Well, you're either lying or you sh- didn't shoot very high. That's all I can say. Okay. <laughs> So, so some of you, some of you like me, finally wore them down, and now they've been married to you for almost 39 years, and they don't realize how much better they could have done than you, but, 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 but if you go back to that feeling of unrequited love, okay, let's, you know, make it a Hallmark thing here, go back to that feeling you have of loving someone and they didn't necessarily love you back, that is the story of the Bible, it is the story of the living God, our Father who art in heaven, who wants to be with His people. And God never gave up. Along the way, He came across a couple named Abram and Sarah, and He said, I want to be with my people again. Let's start over. And even though they were very, very old, okay, Abram had had his AARP card for 50 years when he had a baby. Imagine that, okay? Okay? He's 100 years old. But they had a baby because here's where we're going today. The with miracle is not limited by me. It's about God with me. So God began to make a whole nation out of people coming from Abram and Sarah who would be with him and who would bless the world with withness, okay? Unfortunately, the new with people, the nation of Israel, like Adam and Eve, kept rejecting him over and over again. So most of this section of the Bible is about God saying, hey, why don't you guys be with me? And the people would go, yeah, that's cool. And they'd do it for a little while and then they'd go away from being with God and he would send somebody to pursue them again, okay? Names like Joshua and Moses and Esther and Samson and Deborah and Isaiah. The prophets or the leaders would always call them back to witness. But it was always very one-sided and they always messed things up. But God never stopped desperately wanting to be with. Every parent knows this. Some of you have sent your kids off to college, or some of you have kids who, like we were in so many of the years of our lives, were far away. And you get excited when the holidays start to come because you know that you're going to get to see them again. That's what God wanted. One year for us, like I said, it was Bolivia she was coming home from. Uh, A lot of years, it was Nashville that they would come home for the holidays. In many, way too many years, it was Los Angeles. And again, thank you, Governor Newsom, for messing up California so much that my children moved away. I just can't, I can't, can't thank you enough, okay? And And it even got better when they got husbands, not, not because I like the husbands so much, but, but because that meant that there were going to be grandkids coming along, right? And there's nothing like that reunion when you haven't seen your kids or your grandkids for a long time. I, I was flipping through my photos the other day, and I ran across this video from, I don't know, two or three years ago. Uh, you can tell I'm at O'Hare. You, you guys all know where I'm at. I'm at O'Hare at the closest place I can get to where people are getting off the plane without getting shot and I'm waiting for Tommy and Lauren and Olivia and Caleb. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. a a no, man, there's nothing like that. I got to tell you, there's nothing like it. And there was no problem for me to pay for parking at O'Hare so that I could get out and I could go and I could be there and be as close as I possibly could. And there was nothing more exciting than to have them back home. And that, I so wish I could get you to understand, is how your daddy in heaven feels about you. You. I'm talking to you. So God kept trying. In Israel's history, he made a covenant with Abram and and it, it reached its greatest fulfillment in the kingdom of David. Israel became a great nation and was blessed and had a great name. And then it went back downhill again because of Solomon and David's grandson, Rehoboam. And it went back down again, okay? But but remember, the with miracle is not limited by me. It's about God with me. So God promised that one day David's great kingdom would be restored. The covenant with Abram would continue on and, and everything would go be where it was supposed to be. But the people stopped believing it. I think the reason there's 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament was because the people had just stopped believing that God wanted to be with them. And all they could talk about were the good old days. Oh, remember the days when David was the king. Oh, remember when it used to be so great. We do the same thing when, we, when, we're, when we're being hopeless, when, when things are down. Like Remember the days before the pandemic, right? Remember when the kids were young. Remember when the bears, 85, 85 bears, 85, 85, remember 85. The prophets promised that a Messiah was going to come and there was going to be a future and the covenant of Abram and the kingdom of David was going to be restored and they could be with again, but people had lost hope. Proof of my point, King David's home city was Bethlehem. Oh little town of Bethlehem. So the wise men show up from this other country and they say hey, we've been following a star and, and and there's a king born somewhere. Where would a king be born? And the religious leaders said, well if he's going to be born, he'd be born in Bethlehem. And I know you don't understand this, but like Bethlehem, and, we were just there a few weeks ago, Bethlehem and Jerusalem, like you're, you're standing in Bethlehem and you see Jerusalem right up there. I mean, it's like from Wolf Road to LaGrange. It's just, it's just a matter of a few miles away. You can see the temple. And the wise men walked to Bethlehem and they found the baby and they gave their gifts. And the religious leaders didn't even bother checking it out because they'd given up hope, because I don't think they really believed in a with miracle anymore. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. All this took place, Matthew goes on and says, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The back story of Christmas is that Emmanuel, God with us, has been the plan all the way back to Emmanuel in the Garden of Eden when he created everything in the first place. And and you can't really blame our current state of without on Adam and Eve. I mean, they definitely brought it in, but we have all fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that. We've all sinned. And there's no way we can be with God now because he's perfect and we're not. That's why salvation is a Christmas gift, because we were all tainted by sin, and it starts very early in life, doesn't it? I mean, you watch, I watch my little grandkids, and they start doing naughty things really early in life. I love the story about the lady that saw her son. It was Christmas time, and he was just sulking on the couch over there, and she said, what's wrong? It's Christmas time. You should be happy. And he's like, with you and Jesus and Santa watching me all the time, I can't have any fun. It it starts really early, right? So the only way the with miracle will work is if Jesus pays for our sin. So God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. I know I'm jumping up to Easter so that we might become the righteousness of God. But I want you to see the whole picture. Here's the whole picture. Paul does it in Galatians. But when the time had fully come, I wish I could unpack all of that for you. How the Roman roads were in place and how how Greek culture had spread and the language had spread. So there was this perfect time when Jesus was born. God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights as sons and be with Again, someone said it best. He came to our place, he took our place, and he invites us back to his place. That's the Bible. That's the gospel. But keep this in mind. The with miracle is not limited by me. I know what you're thinking. It's about God with me. Emmanuel is not about you. All right? Theologically, we talk about the virgin birth, right? At, at at Christmas time because it is incredible. Don't think me heretical, but will you listen to this? There isn't anything less incredible about God being in you and me than it was incredible for God to be in Mary. It was impossible for God to be in Mary. And it's impossible for God to be in you and me. But it's not about you and me. It's about God with me. So the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then there's this other side story. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, okay? So, pretty unlikely with miracle for either one of them. Mary's never been with a man, and Elizabeth's been barren her whole life, and doesn't look like she was going to have any children, and both of them got the with miracle. But neither one of them are more miraculous than the with miracle that happens for you and I. Because we have to go on and finish the verse, maybe the most important verse in history. For nothing is impossible with God right? Because the with miracle is not limited by me. It's about God with me. For nothing is impossible. Those are the words of promise, you see? And, and I would like you, for you to understand that the story of Christmas is a never-ending story. It's not just Bethlehem and the wise men and Linus walks off stage and the curtain goes down. You you don't do it that way. The Christmas story is not just the miracle of Mary being with child, God being within. The never-ending story is that the miracle did not stop with Mary. It's a with miracle for all of us. The reason I say this is that maybe at Christmas time, you need a with miracle. You've got decisions, you're stuck, whatever, you need a, a with miracle, God with you. You're in a relationship situation, a marriage situation, whatever it is, and you need a with miracle, God with you, your job, whatever it is, your sin, call it an addiction, whatever you want, you can't stop, call it a with miracle because God with you is not impossible. Nothing is impossible. And and many of you are going to be listening to me and you're going to be like, I'm not even religious, God and me? Listen, when the angel came to Mary and told her she would be with child and that the child would be God's savior of the world, she reacted just like any of the rest of us would. And it's okay for you to think that. How can this be, is the question that she asked. How can this be? I can't be pregnant, that doesn't work. And you could say the same thing. I'm not a good person. I'm not a religious person. How can this be? How can I be with God? I mean, I think if I asked for a show of hands today and I said, how many of you in the room believe that God wants to do the miraculous through you? If I walked down off stage and I I took your face in my hands and I said, God is going to come to life inside of you And it is going to change everything, everywhere, forever. What would you say? Tim, I think you've had a little too much help from Jack Daniels. (laughs) You'd say the same thing Mary did. How can this be? But Mary let the truth from the angel come in, for nothing will be impossible with God. Because the with miracle is not limited by me. It's about God with me. And then she says to God the very thing each of us need to say if this never-ending story is going to continue in our lives. She says, I am the Lord's servant. I am willing to do whatever he wants. May everything you said come true. I would just like to ask you to repeat that with me. I mean, even if it's lip service, it's okay to say this out, out loud and read it with me. I am the Lord's servant. I am willing to go wherever He wants. May everything you said come true." That's how the with miracle happened for Mary. Because this special girl believed that nothing was impossible with God. And she experienced the with miracle, and the never-ending story of Christmas continues. And it will forever. And let me tell you something, God wants to pull an Emmanuel on you too. He sent His Son, so that he could continue this never-ending story in your life. Because he wants to be with you. So go ahead. Ask the question. How can this be? Or How, how can this happen? Right? And then let the truth in. For nothing is impossible with God. And then add the action. I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to do whatever he wants. Because... The truth is, the with miracle is not limited by me. It's about God with me, but I still have to let him in. I still have to let him in, whatever that looks like. I still have to be willing to ride a donkey for 80 miles while I'm eight months pregnant so that I can have my with miracle in a barn if that's what God asks. I mean, when Moses is called by God to go do something crazy and rescue God's people, God says, Don't worry. He says, I will be with you, literally. Emmanuel, same word, all the way back to the second book of the Bible, Exodus 3.12. When Joshua is getting ready to go into the promised land, God says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will also be with you. There's Emmanuel again. In the tough times and trials of his life, David knew what it was like to have opposition. He knew what it was like to seek solace in the Lord, his God. And he said in Psalms, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name will trust you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. You're always with. The backstory of Christmas the gospel writer John wrote it this way. He, he said, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. But I like, the, I like the message paraphrased better. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. He came to our place. He took our place. He invites us back to his place because he wants to be with us. And God sent a star to lead people who were the farthest away. We'll talk about this next week. The farthest away would have been the wise men. They they were literally far away, and they didn't worship the same God, and they were following the stars. He sent a star to lead those people because he wanted to be with them. And the second most unlikely group of people that would have been there He sent angels to the fields of the shepherds who weren't even allowed to go into the temple because they they were unclean people who did the worst job that you could do. And he sent angels to them because he wanted to be with them. And those are the people in your manger scene. The whole thing is a scene of with, right? Because the with miracle... Not about the shepherds. It's not about the wise men. It's not about Joseph and Mary. It's about God with me. All I'm saying is that maybe your Christmas this year can look a little bit more like this, which is what I was going for in the first place. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to take your own daggum picture, okay? (laughs) The great theologian John Wesley's last words were the best of all is this. I hope I can remember this. I mean, I'll probably be pretty deranged when I die, but I hope I can remember this. The best of all is this. God is with us. Those are his last words. The best of all is this. God is with us. I would say it this way. The with miracle is not limited by me. It's about God with The with story is a never-ending story, meaning it's not just about while we're here on this earth, it's forever. Proof? I mean, last words are pretty important, right? I mean, Charles Wesley, great. How about Jesus? Jesus' last words were, go out and share the with miracle with the whole world. And then he added, as if he knew how prone we were to forget and surely I am with you always. To the very end of the age. It's a never-ending story. Emmanuel. With. Forever. This is the amazing revelation of Christmas. The Almighty God is your daddy, and He wants to spend eternity with you, even though you get tired of you sometimes, and I get tired of me sometimes. God never does. And when we get there, when we get to this new place we're going to be, the new heaven and the new earth, without will be gone. No more death or tears or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of without is gone. And on that day, If you've opened up your heart to the Christmas gift, you will hear a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. Father, be with us as we celebrate Christmas. It's easy, to get, it's easy to get sucked into the busyness or the other things that are going on at this time. It's easy to forget, because of all the other things that are going on, how important this holiday is. And the rest of the world may not understand it, Lord, but I pray that we, as this holiday season happens for us, will understand how important the with miracle is. And if there are people here listening to me, people online who are listening to me, who haven't opened up their heart to you, will you keep tugging on it until they do open up and say, Jesus, I want you to come in. I want the Mary miracle to happen in my life. I want the with miracle in my life. May it be to you, to me, as you have spoken, I accept. It's so crazy that so much of the world doesn't understand this beautiful, simple message of Christmas. Be with us as we spread it. In Jesus' name, amen.